Tim and Susan, and we love the Word, and we love living real. So we invite you to join us as we look at the Word this week and life this week. So I was online this week. Okay. That's not a surprise. Well, I was online this week. I really was searching for something meaningful and significant. Okay. And what I came across was a post that said, list the most useless fact that you know. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good question. I'm really curious What is the most know. useless fact that you know? Yeah. I didn't get past the first entry. Okay. The, the first f- entry was absolutely f- useless. Yes. Is it factual? I have no idea. Okay. All right. I'm ready. But it, there's no way there was one that was better than that. Okay. So here it is. Here, here it is that if every kangaroo in Australia okay. attacked Uruguay. Okay, hold on. Every kangaroo in Australia, that country down there, the island, the continent of Australia. Okay, if every kangaroo there attacked every person in Uruguay. Right. Okay, I'm Then ready. every person in Uruguay would have to fight 15 kangaroos. Wow. Okay. Wow. I don't really know what to do with that. I don't either. But the other thing is that Uruguay is not an island down by Australia. It's right. It's all the way across the world in the middle of South America. Okay. So I just really want to know, how did the kangaroos get to Uruguay? I bet they were on that boat from the movie Madagascar with the penguins. They just hopped right over. Ah. Okay, that is really useless information. And it why is. why did they pick well, I mean it makes sense why they picked the kangaroos in Australia, but why did they pick Uruguay? Like why didn't they pick Chile? Why didn't they pick Canada? Why didn't because probably they wouldn't have to fight as many kangaroos like in larger countries. But like why didn't they pick Botswana? Why didn't they pick <laughs> Japan? <laughs> why where is that randomness? And do we even know this is true? I have not checked. And there's a problem. I doubt there's any way to actually Google this information because nobody's keeping track of... Well, I don't know. I guess you could keep track of... Is it more difficult to keep track of Uruguayans or kangaroos in Australia? Exactly. I need to find out how many kangaroos are in Australia and I need to find out how many people live in Uruguay. And be based on that, we can find out if this is true or not. <laughs> I don't know that I care that much. No. It's a useless maybe fact. Maybe. Man, I'm going to have to think on that. We might have to make that a Facebook question because I think that's really interesting. What is the most useless fact that you know? Oh, man. I don't know what that would be, but I'm sure there... I mean, I'm sure, I know I have one. I work one into conversation about yes, every 20 you do. minutes. That's true. That's true. So how's uh, your week going? My week was okay. I okay. made a trip. You may not know this. I do actually know <laughs> that you were gone for several days. Yes. So... I had to go fly down and check on my parents to see how see how they're doing and deal with some health issues that they're dealing with. Right. And so it involves several flights. And when I was a kid, I would fly every once in a while. My parents worked overseas and, and were missionaries and things like that. And I remember memorizing that exit card. You know, it's in the oh, pocket yeah. of the things. Yeah. And man, the little flight attendants would give the instruction. I would listen to every single word that when they said. When you were said. a kid? When I was a kid. Now, and I now? Was, now I, I don't even do you know, earbuds in. No. It depends on your personality, but I'm a personality where I would hate to think that everyone on the plane is being inattentive, which they typically are being inattentive. I purposefully put my eyes straight on the flight attendant, and I have like the most interested look on my face 
on purpose so they feel good about their job. They were actually talking about you the other yeah, day. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Useless fact. Susan <laughs> likes to pay attention and make sure that the flight attendants feel useful. So when I fly, I like to go to the back of the plane on Southwest, yeah. most likely the place to get a seat to yourself. Right. This plane was packed. You could tell it right from the get-go. It was okay. packed. And so I'm looking for a seat anywhere I can get it. Yeah. So it happens that there is an empty seat right on the exit row. It's got the two seats instead of the three seats. You must have gotten in early, though. Because, I mean, it there's just midway. no way. I don't know why. The lady yeah. next to me, I, I, don't, I don't know. But okay. it, was, it was open, so I sat down there. I haven't sat in an extra exit row in forever. No. Because well, we which, don't pay extra for those, and we never get early enough on. And I'm always just going it. to the back. Yeah, yeah. So then comes the lady, and she says, I need you to study the card. I need you to look at the card. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm looking at this card for they the first time out. in 40 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is scary stuff. Right. This is like, there's no way I can memorize this stuff. Right. There's no way I can do these things. Um, all you have to do is put on your jacket and pull the red tab. Oh, if you no, were no, paying no, attention no. attentively as I pay attention, you would know if it does not inflate on its own, take the little tube and blow and it will inflate. Also, put the mask on the person next to you no, before no, 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 you put no. on your own. Yeah, that I got. There's a slide. It's going to pop out. Push the door out, and a push slide will there, automatically release that yes, you're supposed to jump but, down. But you've got to put... There's these cables that you're supposed to hook these cables into this place, yeah. and it was a lot of stuff. Okay, okay. It was, it was a lot of stuff. I will, chew, I will believe you. There was, was so much stuff that I really kind of felt like... Uh, I really kind of felt like they really should have let us board early and we should have practiced a couple <laughs> times. Study the paper. Yeah, and yeah. Study nothing. You know I think we should have though? done it and I think that we should have, yes, even ridden the slide. Yeah. I just would have felt better okay. having ridden the slide. Okay. I think that the last time I rode on an exit row, I think I rode with Ashley and she was next to the window. And so they were like, can you handle this 50 pound door if needed? And Ashley was like, yeah. And she was like 19 and a little bit small in her upper arm strength and I think but I was like yeah we're totally gonna handle it we really want the leg room here the whole plane can rely on us we're fine it felt an immense amount of pressure okay. and then this flight attendant says now you really need to get this because there's gonna be no one here to help you yeah that's true they're all buckled in what do you mean there's no one here to no, help me no they're not they're they're all buckled in yeah like like the well-being of this flight you know, is on they me. They make you. I mean, I've ridden on extra rows a lot lately. I guess I don't know. We don't pay extra. We just go on early. I don't know what happens. How we end up getting them? But um, you're the only they, one listening. I know that's true. They're like the the lady with the attentive look on her face. She gets the exit row. Yes, that's me. That's why I do it. I get the exit row. Um, oh, now I forgot what I was going to say about that. Though. Oh, they always make you. You have to verbally out loud you do. say yes. She they made said, us all take our earbuds out. Do you understand what we're saying and look me in the face and say yes? And so we all have to look at her in the face and say yes. So I think we should have been allowed on early. We should yes. have practiced okay. at least twice. Yeah. I think that they shouldn't just say, hey, hope this works out for you. Did your we're plane not gonna be crash? Here. No. No. Did you have to use anything on that card? No. All right. So you made it. You're fine. I did. The seriousness of the situation was real. It was a little more pressure than what okay. I wanted. Okay. Okay. But then when the flight attendant says, no one is going to be here to help you. Right. And then halfway through the flight, he takes out his ukulele and he's singing over the rainbow. That was too much for me. Oh. 
I'm like, he listen. cannot help you because he's singing. He, it's like the Titanic. Remember the guys yeah. on the Titanic who went on the deck and did the violins and played the music, the orchestra, while the ship was sinking? He's like, I am not going to help you because I'm going to be up here playing over the rainbow in the ukulele. I don't need your ukulele. Well. Help me out when the plane's <laughs> on fire and we need to get out the window. You made it, though. It's all fine. It's all, all right. fine. What else do you have this week? Is that all you have? That's all I have this week. That was good stories, though. I don't know if it was or not. I'm still kind of curious to know if we go back to the kangaroos, what exactly you were Googling to find out what's the most useless fact. I'm still kind of stuck on that. And while in the middle of a podcast, I cannot fully think of my most useless fact. But it's really spinning in my brain right now. So, I don't know. My most useless fact is not all the information on the flight in-flight pocket seat card of directions. That's very useful, see? That's why I pay attention. Very good. All right, we should dig into the word. Have at it. Okay, I'll start with the word. Last week, I talked about Moses, and I said that this week I was going to continue talking about Moses because it's just where I was in my reading and where I was in my study and where I was in God was bringing my attention to. And I talked about the excuses that he gave. Right. If you listened, if you didn't listen, go back and listen to that episode because it was, you know, who am I? Who are you? How are they going to believe me? Who should I say you are? Yeah. And why should I do this? And eventually just, no, I don't want to do this at all. But God said, ah, tough. You're going to do yeah. this. Okay. Really strong. So I really got stuck on Moses and I want to talk about his staff. Moses' staff. A staff. And this was just a basic stick, right? It, now, here's a question, Pastor Master of Divinity, <laughs> Doctor of Ministry. Was the staff that Moses carried just a stick or did it have the little crook on the end that we see in all the Christmas programs? Like, was it the candy cane shape or was it just a stick? I would assume it would have some curvature to it just because its purpose was to corral lost sheep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't Moses know. Moses was a shepherd. I don't necessarily know that it had quite the the pure curvature that we have. But yeah. I, I bet you he had time on his hands to get that thing to curve to where sure. he wanted it to be. That would be kind of a useless fact probably if I did know the answer to it. But it doesn't really matter. I was just curious when I was reading it. it has nothing to do with the actual point of what I'm saying. So we're going to go back to Moses and he's at the burning bush. This is where God calls him and says, Moses, you're going to go save the Israelite people. You're going to go back to Egypt. And because he had run away and gone and lived with his father-in-law, Jethro, and his wife and family. And he was not living in Egypt anymore. He was just playing running away. Then he met his wife. Yes, 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 yes. He didn't run away to them. He ran away and then he met them. So he's here herding the sheep with his staff that he's gone out. not hurting. Herding, yes, H-E-R-D-I-N-G, his sheep, as he always had so many times before, this wasn't an unusual thing. He carried the staff on many times and many occasions. He ends up at this bush, catches on fire. This is where Yahweh speaks to him and says, Moses, this is what I'm calling you to do. This is what you will do. And you will say, I am Yahweh has sent you. Okay. And this is where they have this argument about whether he yes. should go or not. Yes, and so I'm going to start with excuse number three, which was in the podcast last week. Um, and it is in Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to read those because Moses is, well, I'll just read it and then you'll see. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me and will not obey me, but say the Lord did not appear to you? Like what if the people come and say like, I don't know why we should believe you. Why did the Lord appear to you? I don't really believe this. So in verse 2, the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Throw it on the ground. 
God said to him. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Which, See, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I can throw the staff on the ground. Mm-hmm. And you can run away from the snake. And I can run away from yep, it. Yep, there you go. I'm a man of God. Yes. And the Lord told Moses, stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail. Not so much. You're out. You're like, I'm done. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going home with no sheep and no staff. It's all going to stay there. <laughs> but no snake. Yeah, that's right. Stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and he caught it. And it became a staff in his hand. This will take place, he continued, so that they believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. So this is what God was going to use. He's like, this staff that you have, you're going to throw it down. It's going to become a snake. You're going to pick it up. And this is the sign that you're going to show them so they see that I am true God and that you heard from me and this is what you're supposed to do. Okay, I want to keep looking at then... The later in chapter 4, Moses actually returns to Egypt. He goes and tells his fam- family, okay, we're supposed to leave. So chapter 4, verse 17. Um, oh, well, God says, go, you need to go. Take Aaron with you and you need to go. Chapter 4, verse 17. Suddenly, this is what God's direction is to him. He says, and take this staff in your hand that you will perform the signs with. So he's supposed to take the staff. Moving on to verse 19. Now in Midian... That's where Moses was living. The Lord told Moses, return to Egypt for all the men who wanted to kill you are now dead. That's good news. That is good. So Moses took his wife and his sons and he put them on a donkey. One donkey? Because it only says a donkey. I don't know. He put them on a donkey and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took God's staff in his hand. Just the difference from the beginning of chapter 4 where it is Moses' staff that he's herded the sheep and gone out and used on a regular basis, probably just set it next to the barn or the stables and are in his house, no deal, a stick The most used, ordinary the utensil, most ordinary a thing. stick. And it now has gone from staff to a snake back to say this is the sign that you'll use. And no, this is no longer Moses' staff, but it clearly says in verse 20, and Moses took God's staff in his hands. So I think, okay, is that the only time it said? No. I want to tell you one more story. One more part. In Exodus chapter 17, verses 9 through 11, after the, um, the people had gone out, yes. When the people were wandering and after Moses had beat the rock with the, the staff of the rock. So let's see. All of a sudden, the Amalekites were coming up, and they were going to try to battle the people. And Moses was like, whoa, what are we supposed to do here? So Moses said to Joshua, select some men for us and go fight against Amalek. Tomorrow, I will sit on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. So here it is again. The people are, they've left. Now they're going to fight these people. He's like, I'm going to hold this staff. Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought against Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. While Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But whenever he put his hand down, holding that staff, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it up under him, and he sat down. And then Aaron and Hur also supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, and kept holding up his hands, which were holding God's staff. I was just very struck. I think you and I had talked about this story, and I'll say what you said, and you kind of summed it up, even though it was my passage I was studying, but you summed it up so well because you said once God touches something it is no longer our own yeah and that's what happened here it was moses's just stick staff no deal nothing you know but god touched it god moved in it god worked in it and it was no longer moses's staff it was now god's staff it was to be used as god saw fit in god's ways to glorify god for god to 
show the people who he was. And I think that is so applicable to our lives. Yeah. So like, how do you apply that? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes we ask a, class, a question in Sunday school and like the answer is just like so resounding. Like I can't even give all yeah. the examples and ways. It's just, yes. Um, I mean, that's just something when we know that something God has gifted or touched or called or redeemed or used from us or said, this is mine or basically our lives <laughs> that once God has touched it, then it's no longer our own. Yeah. It's anytime, his. anytime that we use the word my, right. we can say God's. Yes. So yes. my laptop, my right, car, right, my right, house, right. my day, my job, you know, my children, my, yes, exactly. My God's airplane laptop. ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just true that you just find that this is, this is God's life. These are God's children. This is God's house that we have. This is God's, you know, or ordaining times and places and things for his use and his glory. And that's what it is. And this was just such an example in this book of Exodus of something so incredibly simple every day yeah. that was no longer a stick. It yeah. was no longer Moses' staff. It became God's staff. I just was really yeah. like wowed by that. And how many times I've read this passage. I mean, we've read the book of Exodus. We know the story of Exodus. We know many of these stories so well. But I don't know. For the first time in reading it this time, I was like, wait a second. Look at that. That's that's God's staff now. That's super cool. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I have. That's what I'm bringing. I don't know that I'll have Moses next week because I'm kind of moving away from Exodus. I mean, I, I might still have Moses, but I'm moving away from Exodus in the study of Numbers. So what do you have for us? Well, just simply, we had a great evening. Sunday evening, we were part of a combined uh, worship service yes. with four of our, our churches that did really it was the combined choirs of those four, four churches and we just went and attended but it was so rich and it was so great and our team did a great job but all mm. four of the churches yeah. just it was wow it was, yeah. it was yeah. great uh, but it was under the direction of a guy named Terry Williams who mm -hmm. was used to be uh, on staff of the Florida Baptist Convention. And he leads the choirs. And I, I've heard him lead in various settings before. He just does a great job. Mm -hmm. But he led the choir and he spoke to the congregation. Yeah. And he spoke to the congregation. And there were just some things that he just talked to us about that were just so strong. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things mm -hmm. he, he talked about, like Psalm 100, he talked about Psalm 150, where he talks about make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with, with singing. Mm -hmm. And he just said the default mode mm -hmm. of praise and worship is noise. Mm -hmm. The idea of coming in in silence. Right. He says, you're never going to find that in Now, scripture. did you feel a little uncomfortable? Because he also said, I noticed he also said, it doesn't say come in, um, enter his gates with, it was said enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. And he said, it doesn't say enter his courts with reverence. Right. And he did say that. And I was just, I think for all of us, there was probably a moment of like, oh, that makes me feel uncomfortable because I think we've been taught like, church and enter the sanctuary and this is reverence and not that we have to be quiet because we should sing and be a part of it but it should be control I, that surprised me a little bit only because that's it was different than what i yeah but i think that's what he was thought. trying to say is that that the biblical particularly the old testament right. image was right. that you came in with noise right. and i think sometimes people have come into churches that i've pastored and, and we've tried to create a spirit of joy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. enjoying the lord and joy that we like each other and so that it's kind of got a good little buzz of, mm -hmm. of crowd noise as you come in. And sometimes 
sometimes people really appreciate that, but sometimes people are like, well, where's the reverence? Where's mm-hmm. that thing? Mm-hmm. And and what he's talking about is that scripture says, come to church and make noise. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't talk about it, but there's other parts of the book of Psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascent. And these are the songs that they would sing walking up the mountain coming into Jerusalem, that they they were a raucous mm-hmm. crowd coming mm-hmm. uh, to worship, and I just think like, yeah, that's that's great, and I think that sometimes you know the churches that I've pastored have been pretty good at that, and mm-hmm. sometimes I think that we're like, well, maybe we're not getting that right or something like that, but I don't know. I was like, no, that is right. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be a joyful, joyful place. Now, the contrast to that is when Jesus goes into the temple and he cleans right. cleans the house, right. It wasn't so much that it was a lack of reverence. Mm. It was because it wasn't a house of prayer. Mm. And it had become a place that wasn't centered on God. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think that the question is not the volume you're supposed to be at, but the focus of your heart. That if you're focused on God, come in joyfully with thanksgiving, with with horns and trumpets and cymbals and, and all of those things. Right. Come and make noise. Right. But when you get here, pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. Pay attention yeah. to him. I guess I hadn't put it all together. I think, again, um, thinking about the study of numbers, the chapter that we end with in this study that's going to happen is chapter 10, where they've, they're actually forming and fashioning those trumpets and what's supposed to happen with the trumpets. And there's actually a whole celebration of the trumpets now that the Jewish people hold, and it is just blasting and blaring. There's nothing beautiful about it. There's yeah. nothing reverent except it's just a lot of noise. It's loud. I mean, when they marched around Jericho, Jericho that's what they did. They blast the trumpets and shouted, and it wasn't... I mean, it was defeat, but it was also just part of their worship and obedience to God of what they were doing. So, I but don't you think we totally did that Sunday morning? I was gonna say we, we did. <laughs> Sunday yeah. morning was a great morning yeah, at our was. at our church. We uh, we were celebrating the beginning of the semester. We invited some folks from different parts of uh, the university next door uh, to come and be there, and it included some folks from the marching band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had the drum line from the marching band that helped the choir with a piece, and it included. Uh, grad student on trumpet that mm. uh, man it was fantastic right, it was exactly right. what it was and it and it, it and it, it was called us. Yeah, yes, it called yes, us it was. and drew the attention and gave weight and emphasis and, right. and enthusiasm and joy and and from the bottom of our hearts right. uh, this kind worship. of goes but I, I'm sitting here thinking this kind of goes with if we do look what you said like the psalm of ascents or look at when David went into worship and how he was dancing and worshiping and Miriam too I mean that whole thing but then it also makes me think about the sermon you preached recently about Hannah from First Samuel about even how she went in she wasn't quiet and demure and like silent and going into the temple either. She was expressive and loud and vocal about how she went into the temple too. Again, completely focused on God and her faith and and rightness, not it wasn't wrong. So that doesn't mean we have to go in and shout because if we're doing it just to go in and shout, then we've missed the point. But if that's, you know, if the Lord leads us to worship openly and out loud in that way or something, then. No, those are good words. And it was a great time. And it uh, was, it blessed us and it blessed our churches. It was really good. Yeah. And we had had a long weekend because you had been gone and you got back Saturday night and then you had to preach two services. And it was really like, I know we need to do this, but, um, 
okay, let's get up and go. And I had invited some people to say, hey, we're going to be there. You know, don't you want to come too? And I was so glad. It's one yeah. of those things where when you show up and go and worship with so many people, all worshiping together, even though we're separate and together, it's just such a good thing. So, all right. Do you have anything else in the Word? Uh, no, I think that's it for today. Okay. Then we will come right back with some wrongs and some strongs. There you go. Okay, wrong and strong. I'm going to start with my wrong, and it's probably, it's just a really highly debated thing right now. And part of what I'm going to say is wrong about that, this, is that it's even a debate. The whole Chick-fil-A, Popeye's chicken sandwich thing is wrong, y'all. It's just wrong. I don't care which one you like. I don't care which one you eat. But the fact that we have to draw sides and draw teams and be, I'm Chick-fil-A, I'm Popeye's, it's a chicken sandwich, y'all. We have to be able to stand up for things bigger than this and more than this and heavier than this than if we're going to get upset with each other for eating chicken sandwiches at different places. Are people really getting upset? People are really getting upset. And part of it is, I, I guess people are getting upset, but more people are giving digs at one another. Like the Chick-fil-A people are now putting out the signs that say, hey, we don't run out of sandwiches ever because Popeye's ran out of sandwiches. The Chick-fil-A people now have, like, there's some ads or memes that are made like, hey, so-and-so come, like a Popeye's employee, hey, come work for us. You can have off on Sundays. There's a current meme that also says Chick-fil-A will never run out of uh, chicken sandwiches because all they need are two loaves and three chicken breasts or something implying, like, the Sermon on the Mount and, I mean, Jesus feeding the 5,000, which I just find it aggravates me that we have to be so sided about it. How are we so invested? Right. It's a chicken sandwich. Now, actually, Adam went and picked up two, one for him and one for Joey, his roommate, and he was like, hey, guy, we should try these out. And they ate them, and Adam was like, that was a really, really good chicken sandwich. He so had the He had the spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's, and he said, that is a really good sandwich. You know what? He also goes to Chick-fil-A and eats a Chick-fil-A sandwich with some honey mustard or some Chick-fil-A sauce on it. And he says, hmm, that's a really good sandwich too. It's like there doesn't have to be. It's just a chicken sandwich. Why do you think that we have to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs about stuff? Why do um, we have to be arguing about the color of I the think dress we kinda, or whatever? Yeah, we kind of heard like, this the other day. But I feel like it is because people feel like we have to have something we're against. We have to have something we're against. People just feel that way. People feel like, and then they feel like they're they're creating a side because they're like, oh, I'm with these people. I'm connected with these people who are anti-Popeyes or I'm connected with these people who are so anti-Chick-fil-A. I mean, I have friends who will not eat at Chick-fil-A because of Chick-fil-A's stance on some moral things and decisions and ways that they do, okay? So they're like, I'm never gonna eat at Chick-fil-A. I would never eat at Chick-fil-A because of those reasons. And then I have other friends who now say, see, you should always go to Popeye's. And then I have other people, who, other friends who are like, Popeye's is Satan food. You should eat a Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, y'all, stop. It's a chicken sandwich. That's all it is. I probably like both of them. I don't know. I haven't had a Popeye's one because they've been sold out. But obviously people like them enough to go buy them so they can be sold out. So we can't, 
It's just crazy. I don't like, understand it. But I always get my chicken sandwich at Wendy's, the Asiago Ranch. You like spicy. the Wendy's chicken sandwich. And I loved what Victoria put on Facebook the other day. Victoria just said, hey, y'all, Burger King has a really good spicy chicken sandwich, too. And I thought, just as a random thing, and I think Ashley commented on it and just said, yep. And how about like a taco, a Taco Bell? Like, there's other good food, fast food out there. We, if drove, that's what by, you're we for. drove by Burger King tonight. How was it? There was nobody there. <laughs> There was no, like, it almost looked like the lights were out. They were like, okay, we give up. We, we don't even have a fight, and we don't even have a dog in this fight. I mean, between or a chicken. Chick-fil-A and Popeye's, forget it. And then you add in Wendy's and, I mean, Sonic. It, it's just, that that Burger King was, I think there was one car in the parking lot total, and I think that was the guy mopping the floor inside. So I felt bad for Burger King, although we don't go to Burger King. So we're not against, again, we're not against it. I don't want people to think like, oh, they don't go there. They're not, no, it's just not our preference, so we don't. I don't know why we don't go to Burger King. I don't know. They have really good spicy chicken sandwiches. We should throw it in the mix. But I just am really, I think it's just wrong that we feel like we have to be so stinking opinionated about a chicken sandwich. Let the people eat the chicken if they want to. if we live in a world that people argue about stuff all the time, why do we add chicken sandwiches? Right, right. Like, if we can't agree about politics and we can't agree about yeah. this, like, well, let's find something else to argue yeah. about. It makes no sense to and me. And t- the biggest wrong is fixing a come. So buckle up and get ready because it is August the, I have no idea, 27th. 7th, thank you. It's, I don't keep up with the dates these days. Everything's kind of running together. It's August the 27th. I'm saying September 1st. Buckle up because the pumpkin spice debate is coming and it comes every fall and it is like, I hate pumpkin spice. I love pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice is the best thing I've ever had in the world. Why does pumpkin spice even exist? It is like, it's like, I I, I can't even describe the pumpkin spice debacle, debate, war. I don't get it. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't care that much to care about it. In sports, in sports, there was a similar thing this weekend that they had this uh, player's weekend in major league baseball yeah where the players got to put their own nicknames on the back mm-hmm. of their shirts and they, the, the kind of the rules for the uniforms were loosened but what they did is that every team every home team wore white all white uniform like no color on okay. it at all okay and every away team wore all black all the way through no color okay. to it at all and everyone was complaining about how ugly the uniforms mm. were and stuff like that and my thought was okay but it's three games. Exactly. Monday's coming. Exactly. The regular yeah. uniform. Like yeah. my life didn't get shortened. Right. Whether I liked or disliked exactly. the uniform. Like, exactly. It's just a lot of energy. And I guess right now I'm six minutes into giving my wrong. And I've clearly wasted six minutes telling you what's wrong with this that rather really bothers me. But I'm going to say one more example. People get really worked up over the fact that Hobby Lobby has their Christmas decorations out like July 1st. I get it. It's, it's it's mildly ridiculous. But do you know why they put it out July 1st? Why is that? Because people are buying it. Like, they wouldn't do it if nobody was buying it. So, like, people are buying it. Let the people buy it. Who cares? Is it going to change your world if somebody buys a Christmas tree in the month of August? Not unless it's me. But, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. So, just, it's fine. There's nothing immoral about chicken sandwiches or pumpkin spice or when you decorate for Christmas. And if there's an aisle that's got Christmas supplies on it. Just pass it if it offends you or upsets you. Just close your eyes when you go buy it. 
you know, just close your eyes. That, so my wrong is that we, have, we are worked up over so much stuff that just doesn't matter. And we have to allow people to have opinions that are nothing. They're not moral. They're not biblical. It's just an opinion. It's fine. Okay, so my wrong is a little bit more Sorry, personal. I know. That was really heated. Evidently, I've been holding this in for like a week now. I've been waiting for this podcast to let it loose. All right, what's so your wrong? my wrong is a little bit more personal. Okay. There are more and more people calling me sir. Oh. And I, I'm not super comfortable with, with oh. that. Apparently, I'm getting, I'm getting older. I've yet to get... Okay senior discount on any food yet oh. at a restaurant. Like okay. I want my Popeye's chicken sandwich for <laughs> exactly. a senior Can discount. Can I get a 20% discount? Um, but yesterday we had to get my dad a new phone. Yes. Um, and we needed just, we wanted a wall phone with giant buttons yes. on it. Yes. And He's so, moving back to landline. Yeah. So I, I went into Walmart and I said, I need a giant old person phone right, with these right. buttons. And the girl at Walmart says, is this for you, sir? Oh. I'm like, no, it is not for me. And just for that, I'm pulling out my phone and I'm ordering this phone from from Amazon and I'm leaving. Yeah. So okay. that's what I did. It'll be delivered tomorrow. Yes, it will be. Yes, sir. But yes, they, sir. <laughs> is this phone for you? Does that offend you? If A lot. Call- <laughs> Listen, A lot. it goes in the list of chicken sandwiches and Popeyes or whatever. So, but it's true. I think we're we're closer to older than we are to younger. That's crazy. I don't, I don't need a giant. <laughs> No, you don't need a giant phone with buttons. It wouldn't really work for us because we don't have a line line connected to our house anyhow, so that would not work. Um, okay, what's your strong? Give me your strong. Uh, strong was real simple on that same flight that I was complaining about sitting on the exit row and yes. the person was sitting next to there. It was the end of the flight. It was Saturday night. I had to preach the next day, and I had a pretty good idea where I was, but it wasn't completely finished, so I was pulling out material uh, on the plane and trying to finish some things up. Okay, side question. Did the lady sitting next to you pull out the thing from her seat pocket and read it? And was she attentive to the flight attendant as well? Uh, she didn't seem to be concerned. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Keep going. She Go didn't ahead. seem to be concerned. Okay. But so I pulled out my stuff and, um, you know, the, the cabin got dark because it was later mm-hmm. night. So I put the light on so that I could read the stuff and all that. And then the lady next to me, she pulls out, I mean, the tiniest Bible mm. um, that I've like ever seen. Was it like a Gideon seen. Bible? Like one of those small I, ones? They're really it small. was just tiny. But she okay. had notes in it and all stuff like that. Okay. So then I, you know, I reached up and I turned on her reading light so that she could see. It's like, mm. oh, wow, thank you, and stuff like that. And so, I don't know, it was just, we didn't talk, but, you know, at the end of the flight, we're standing there leaving the plane, and it was just, it had been just a good thing that she had been in the Word, I'd been in the Word, mm-hmm. and she said, I noticed that you were in the Word, you know, what were you studying? What were you doing? She said, are you a pastor? And I, I said, I, I was a pastor. And uh, she wanted to know if I was preaching. So it was just it was good. It was just yeah. encouraging. Even though we hadn't really spoken to each other, there just was something. I think that she was encouraged. I was encouraged. It's just good to see people, other people in this world, seeking after the things of God. And but, it was just a blessing. Yeah. And isn't that what it says? Like, I mean, the Holy Spirit inside of you and the Holy Spirit yeah. living inside of her and like the communing together that it's the same, even yeah, though, and sometimes when you can see that in someone else, like you don't even know, sometimes they don't say, but you're like, I think that was a person of faith yeah. because of the way they carried or did. This was obvious. She was reading the word of God, but, um, that's super cool. That's very yeah, good. good. Uh, my strong also has to do with the word and Bible study. My strong is the numbers Bible study on Wednesday nights. It was a great turnout Wednesday night. Um, I don't know. I think we had 32 ladies there and I think I have probably 
six or seven ladies that are now doing it remotely that um, I do a podcast on that each week and they have the book in hand so they can do their homework during the week and then they can listen to the podcast and keep up with that as we do that. If anybody out there wants to do it remotely, get with me. I'll get you the book and then also do the podcast, what they are. Um, the books are $10, by the way, because <laughs> we had to get them printed for um, at the print shop. But it was just, it's just been a really good thing. It's been something that God gave me well, it's like Moses' staff. It's like God gave this to me and it was no longer my own. It wasn't something I could just hold on and keep to myself that I had to write and make and now lead because right. it's now his and that's what I'm doing. So it's just a really strong time. It, I'm not a fast preparer. It takes me a long time. So I spend a lot of time on it. It's kind of a, it's a heavier burden than I'd like. I don't know how these pastors do it, you know, preparing and making sermons and stuff. But um, it's just been really good, really strong. So I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Each week. I think we have, it's six weeks long and we've finished one week. So that's why it's still strong. I feel still really good about it. So, all right. That's all we have for this week. All right. I hope folks are having a great week. Uh, Make sure you make some time in the Word. Uh, find it. Find someone to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do a podcast with them. I mean, you can if you want. Uh, <laughs> but just find someone that important in your life and talk about the word together. That's it. That's what we do. That's yeah. what we do here. That's what we do with you. So, and uh, stay tuned for the question. I think the question will come. What is the uh, most useless fact you know? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>